Hello, folks. Welcome to another Gospel of Kennison. This is episode 136, brought to you the week of September 8th, 2020. I am your host. My name is James Kennison. Welcome to my audio journal. Special thanks to our patrons, Carrie Wright, Carrie Bernhardt, and also, I'm going to start thanking like a, a random patron, um, Aaron Huey who has been a patron for 40 months. That's a lot of months, Aaron. So thank you for that. Well, um, let me do a little follow-up from last week's show. A little uh, disclaimer that I would like to add on there. Um, I talked a lot about God, and there's a reason why I call this show The Gospel of Kennison, because... The, the minute I open my mouth and start to talk about anything to do with God or the gospel, I have to understand that it is being tainted from its original um, source because it's passing through my mind and my understanding and my experience. And so I may not be the best source for... Uh, anything to do with God because my view of God may very well, I'll just go ahead and say has been my view of God has been tainted, maybe not tainted, maybe just altered. Um, but if I'm hard on myself, I would say tainted by my suffering. Um, if you're new to the show, I'm James Kennison. Hi, I have, uh, Depression, diagnosed diagnosed as bipolar, but I don't believe I'm bipolar because I've never had a manic episode. Uh, we're working on getting me a new doctor who will agree with me. Uh, but I also have anxiety, and my story in short is that I used to be a children's pastor, a very accomplished one, and slowly over time, my condition took all of that away from me. And it has been at least five, seven years since I've held a job. And, and it's been almost 10 since the depression started. So um, that's my suffering in a nutshell. And I realize I, I may not have the fairest view of God my view has come from reading the Old Testament, okay? So it didn't come from nowhere. I, but I realized as I was laying in bed last night, as I'm, I'm listening to um, a bedtime story, because I'm, I'm doing some new stuff I'll tell you about in a second. And I'm laying there and I'm listening to this soft you know, gentle voice going through about the goodness of God. And because of the Old Testament readings that I've done, I, when I hear the goodness of God, I hear a terrible thing. The goodness of God to me currently is, is not something that I would want to sing about in a praise and worship song. It is a terrible I don't mean bad. I mean, terror filled thing. 
for me. Because the goodness of God is the very reason I don't measure up and why my soul, without the uh, intervention of Jesus Christ, would be headed straight to hell. Because God is so good that he, he is his goodness is so great and he is so unchanging um, that what hope does any man have of 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 ever meeting or appeasing or being able to withstand or survive that goodness now do you understand that's that's what I hear when I hear God is good God is good all the time all the time God is good and what I've got to kind of start understanding I think is that there is that. I really do believe there is that. That there is a fear of God that we're supposed to have. Um, it's clearly said in the Bible over and over that those that fear God, you know, are doing, are, are they're on the right path. But when people say that God is good, and when the New Testament says that God is good, um. He, there is a, it's a different kind of good. It's, it's, it's a goodness that we would understand is like a friendship or uh, like a friend would do for you, um, a kindness. And I think me reading the Old Testament and then kind of leaving it there and then couple that with my own despair and depression is I, I did myself and and God a disservice by only um, only drawing my conclusions from from those sources, you know, the Bible and my experiences. So if anything felt weird last episode, <laughs> you found it hard to stomach, um, just bear with me. And uh, like my old pastor said, pray for me, and uh, I'll probably get worse. But uh, yeah, my my view of God may be tainted by my suffering. In short, it's very possible. And and you know your view is tainted because you have an experience with God, and my view used to be tainted. I think that was the whole point of what I was talking about is I used to think God was going to protect me from everything because I was doing exactly what he wanted me to do with my life. And that was a tainted view. And now I've traded one tainted view for another. And is it possible to not have a tainted view of God? Because how unknowable is he? How many facets does he have? that we, un we claim to understand some part of him, but then we see another facet, like a diamond slowly turning in the jeweler's case, uh, a, a new vision, a new view, a new sparkle, a new facet is shown to us. A God that never changes, but constantly reveals different parts of himself, so he appears to change because we don't know nearly as much about him as there is to know. Now that stuff I'll stand, stand by. But the rest of it, I don't know, man. I don't know. I didn't go back and listen to the episode. There's a lot of stuff I felt very strongly about. 
at the time that today I would probably say, yeah, that guy's, you know, he's a little misled. So, um, but I think that's why you guys listen. You listen to hear my journey. And, and I definitely have a journey. I definitely am making some sort of progress. Well, progress is in, is in that I'm taking one step at a time. I don't know if I'm going on the right path or not, but I do struggle with the goodness of God, both in the great fear part of the goodness of God and the goodness of God that people sing about and talk about and share about and seem to be almost overly fixated on because God is so much more than just, like I said, a, a Santa Claus that just is good all the time and does all this good stuff for people because here's, here's my honest to God, just laying it out. How, how do I pray for anything? Um, like a good night's sleep, for instance, that was part of the bedtime story is Lord, please, you know, let this, the, the, the speaker was praying and praying for me, supposedly, even though he doesn't know me, um, praying for me to have a good night's sleep. And I'm thinking, does God really even do that? Does he take the time to do that? And I, and I started a thought process. Well, he knows the hairs of my head. So that would assume that he does care or that at least he, he is knowledgeable of me. Uh, I guess it doesn't automatically um, mean that he cares, but he, he, he is very knowledgeable of me. He knows me. He sent his son to die for me. So he loves me. Um, but does, does the Holy spirit really need to fill the room that I'm sleeping in and watch over me while I sleep? That was a part of the prayer that the gentleman prayed. And, and does God get on that level? And if he does, here's, here's where I struggle. If he does and he comes and he fills and he answers that prayer, why won't he answer the prayer that I have constantly? Is it, dear God, please take my depression away. Please take my anxiety away. Because the answer that I get to that one is no. And I've had that answer again and again and again. But I've had a recent, I, I, I guess, re-interest in, I don't know how to say it, but God has become um, more on my mind. And the things of God, uh, the way I used to be used by him, um, the way things used to be, the views that I used to hold versus where I'm at now, and trying to find a balance between them. Is God good in the sense that he wants the best for me? I, I think... I, I want to say yes, that that seems to be the, the default correct answer. But can I say that, that I have the best that God can offer right now? 
Can I say that? I, I don't think I can. Because in, at least in my limited world, my view, I could get better. You know, I could, I could be well. I could be depression-free, anxiety-free, and I could function like a normal human being, and that would be great. That seemingly would be the best that God could offer. But I'm balancing that against the will of God. And kind of rediscovering the idea that God has a plan. Or at least I'm trying to believe that God has a plan. Because I haven't been able to even fathom that lately. Because it feels like I've been given up on a lot of times. Like my, my life is over. I'm 47 years old. And that's pretty close to 50. I haven't done anything ministry-wise, except for the children's ministry deal that we did right before COVID. Um, I haven't done anything like that for seven years. I I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to stop talking about it now, just suddenly. Boom. Uh, let me tell you a little something that uh, many of you would want to know. Um you remember me having a couple couple shows ago, I said, you know, be praying for guidance and wisdom. And I know many of you do pray for me, and I, I thank you for that. I really honestly do believe in that, of, of all things, that prayer does help and that God does hear our prayers and that he always answers them. It's just yes, no, or not now, you know. Um, and then the last episode... I told you what it was. I told you that there was a possibility of my friend and mentor, David Godbout, taking over uh, a church, taking a pastorate at this church. Well, it didn't work out. They decided that they didn't want David, which makes them crazy. Okay? <laughs> so I immediately, though I was very upset and very depressed about this, I quickly came to my senses and, and really, honestly, the man is, is one of the most giving, uh, the most, he is a servant. If I've ever seen one, he cares about people to the point that it's almost a flaw. Um, he, he gives so much and does so much and, um, he is so well known in the community and has so much to bring to a church uh, just because not only because he wouldn't have to move, you know, to come here, but he has uh, investment. He has capital, you know, uh, he knows people and, and most of these people aren't even Christians. So he, he, he has this harvest feel this field that is, you know, harvestable. Um, he has collateral in, in, in the, uh, in the neighborhood that we work in, we just did a feeding uh, th this past Sunday where we did a cookout and had games out and stuff like that, had some music playing and stuff. I'll get to that in a minute. But uh, it, all this to say that a church that doesn't want David is is a church that um, is is somehow not right. Basically, I'll just say it this way. 
that it wasn't the wrong pastor for David wasn't the wrong pastor for the church. It was the wrong church for David. And so that's where I'm glad I prayed, you know, yes, God, I want it to work out selfishly because then I would be able to have a purpose and I would be able to work inside the context of a church, um, which I'm most familiar with. But um, I also prayed God's will be done. And I think I think it was because um, even the way they answered him and told him about it, they did it through an email and it was really kind of a cold shoulder type of email. Um, I think when you're telling somebody, no, thank you, you ought to, you ought to call them, you know, you should do it that way. So it was just kind of weird. And, and, um, that's the kind of stuff you don't know, you know? Um, so I, I still hold on to everything I said about them. They're, they're a great little community. Um, they, they're, they're bored is obviously very faithful to their pastors and uh, apparently very careful about who they choose. But I really believe that this was one of those things that man could not have known if it was the right thing to do or not. Um, but God did. And I do believe that God answers prayers, like I said, and I do believe he says no a lot. <laughs> so he said no here. And uh, that fits with my current theology, so I'm comfortable with that. I'm, I'm comfortable with God saying no, because that's that's what He says. So, um, so the church thing didn't work out. That's what I wanted to let you know. Um, here's some stuff that's going on in in my world. Um, uh, I'm doing therapy uh, now. I have a therapist that I'm seeing once a week. And uh, boy, did she give me a lot of stuff to do because I told her I was depressed and I'm sick of being depressed and, and I want to do whatever it takes to just kind of break out of this rut. I've been in a rut and, and this has become normal and I want to fight again. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I couldn't even do a, 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 a that story show last week because of depression. I just didn't feel um, happy enough to be funny, you know? I don't know. I, I always say it's like finding out your spouse died and then somebody saying, hey, let's go ride a roller coaster. And it's like, no, I I don't want, I can't, can't do that right now. I just found out somebody died that I care about very much. I, I can't, I can't even fathom doing that. I physically could, I could force myself, but it would be the fun part would be torture. And that's the way depression does you is it turns everything, especially some of your favorite stuff into torture. So here's a secret. Anytime I don't do a show, it's because of depression. And I always feel like I have to make an excuse. Like I told everybody I was under the weather, which mentally it was very true. Um, usually when you say you're under the weather, it means you're sick or something like that. I don't really ever get sick. So, um, but I don't like telling people that it's because of depression either. It feels like a wimpiness, like I'm wimpy. But um, I always want to do shows. I want to do shows every single week. I want to be consistent. Uh, it's one of my 
It's the only thing really that I've got that I do that I consider anything close to a job. And, uh, so, so anyway, I'm doing therapy. That was my whole point. I got on on podcasting. Um, but therapy is, is, is interesting. I've only done it once so far. She gave me a lot of stuff to do. She said, you need to be drinking a gallon of water a day. And I'm going to be honest with you. Like I'm going to be with her. I have not done this. I have tried and I will continue to try, but that's a lot of water. And I like diet A&W a lot more than water. So I am drinking a gallon of <laughs> diet A&W, I'm sure, uh, every day. But am I drinking a gallon of water? No, but uh, the, the problem is our water, in, in our tap anyway, I, I don't think it's a St. Louis issue. I think it's just my streets piping. Um, look, look at me defending St. Louis's water supply. Um, but but I, I, I've had St. Louis water, and it tastes good. It's good water. It's good for city water. But coming out of my tap, it tastes like dirt. So uh, I had to go get, you know, my wife had to go down to Sam's and buy, you know, just bukus of uh, cheap bottled water, which I think is ridiculous. I hate that I even had to ask her to do it, but the water coming out of the tap is gross. And I know you can, you know, you can get a filter and all that stuff, but that's just, that's just extra. It's just extra stuff. And you shouldn't have to, you shouldn't have to get a filter for your daggum water i probably should just replace the faucet or something or i don't know i don't know i don't know what it is but um drinking water is a big deal got to do that and uh so i'm working on that um i have to sit in front of a light i i have this uh this light that i got off of amazon and uh it's got like ten thousand lumens or something like that and i sit in front of it and it's supposed to shine into my eyes and uh, it's very bright and it's supposed to simulate sunlight. And, you know, you could say, hey, can you, why don't you go outside and just stare at the sun? Well, first of all, it's kind of dangerous. Secondly, I don't want to. <laughs> I'd rather stay inside and stare at this sheet of light on this machine. So I just sit there for 20 minutes and I let the sun, this, this thing shine light in my eyes i don't know if it works or not i don't know but i did and today i did it while listening to um an audiobook a study in scarlet uh which is the first uh first in a series of books by sir arthur conan doyle about sherlock holmes and so it, it it went by fast 20 minutes no big deal I'm supposed to be taking walks and I've, I've done this maybe every other day. Uh, she says 10 minutes, just get out and walk. And so I walked down to the Anheuser-Busch brewery and back, which is about a 10 minute walk. And, um, if I go, uh, if I go before noon, I get to see the Clydesdales because we're at the St. Louis Anheuser-Busch and the Clydesdales live here. And it's actually, every time I get off on my exit, I can see their pen. They're not always out. But a lot of times when I drive by, especially in the morning, 
uh, right before noon or whatever, they're out and you can see them. And um, I took my wife on one of my walks and she wanted to take pictures of the horses, even though they're a little bit far away. So I zoomed in through the bars, took a picture of some horses. So they are beautiful animals. I'll give you that. You know, if you had to pick a, an animal to represent your beer, uh, the Clydesdale was definitely the right choice. Even though, isn't the, isn't the eagle actually the, the animal that they've chosen? In the big A, isn't there an eagle? Yeah. So, anyway, so I'm taking walks to the brewery and back. Brewery is a hard word to say. <laughs> brewery, I guess, would be the proper way because it's brewery, right? But I'm saying brewery. It doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense to me to say it the right way or the wrong way. Um, so taking walks, uh, I've been I've been told I have to listen to a positive I am statements. So she gave me a link to a video that goes on for eleven hours, and it's really just a one hour track that's been looped. And, and you can ask me why I know that because I've listened to it for more than an hour. Um, but it's a bunch of, I am statements from the Bible. Like I am, um, fearfully and wonderfully made. I am, um, uh, I, I have intrinsic value because this, this, and this. And so it's a, it's a bunch of stuff. And then they read scriptures that back up the statements. And, and then every now and then there's a prayer in there. And I have been listening to those, um, but she told me to listen to them in the car. She said, listen to them during the day. And Sir Arthur Conan Doyle is a lot more interesting to listen to than stuff I don't believe about myself. So um, I have done it, but I haven't done it as much as I'm sure she would want me to. But I do, be- I, I do believe that it is the reason that my mind has been more centered and focused on God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus um, as it pertains to my life because I've been listening to these I am statements. I don't believe half of them. Um, and then the other half hurt my feelings. Like there's one that says, I am not my past. And I know what he means and the scriptures he says say what he means. Um, that, that I'm no longer, uh, you know, a sinner that that my past has been forgiven, you know, that, that moving forward, I'm a different new creation, blah, blah, blah. But I think whenever I hear him say the words, I am not my past, I go back to my heyday when I, when I was working and, and I, you know, was, was a good children's pastor and, I had a purpose and all that. And, and all I hear is I'm not my past and I'm just lost on that whole, that whole segment of the I am statements because I'm like, I sure I am not my past. That's for sure. But, but with the, with the rest of the I am statements, it's got me thinking that maybe, maybe this isn't the end, you know, that maybe there is more ahead if God is good and maybe he's not done with me, you know, maybe he is. And if he is, he is, but maybe he's not. Maybe there's something I could do. 
Uh, I've also been relaxing before bedtime. She says screen time before bed. Uh, because I, I don't know if I've ever told you, but I, I lay in bed at night and I lay there for hours and my mind won't shut down and I would toss and turn and literally won't fall asleep till three or four in the morning. And it's pure torture. It's, it's just hell on earth. It really is bad. Um, so she's like, what are you doing before bed? I said, I'm listening to Arthur Conan Doyle. And she's like, oh, so you're trying to solve crimes and murder mysteries and then expecting your brain to just shut down and, and you're, you're complaining about how your mind won't shut down. And, and yet you're, you're listening to this stuff that gets your mind all activated, trying to figure stuff out. And then you're wondering why you're laying there trying to figure stuff out. And I'm like, okay, all right. All right. Makes sense. So, um, I downloaded this app called abide and, um, so far uh, I'm looking it up, right? Yeah. It's called abide and it's, it's like the app calm that it's a little more popular, but abide is a Christian app for people that need to calm down. So they have meditations, they have, uh, stress relievers, you know, it's all audio stuff. Um, and they have bedtime stories and I've been trying to listen to those and they've been working, uh, be honest with you. It has slowed my mind down. It puts me in a place where I'm more chill and, um, I, I can't fall asleep to them cause I wear headphones and they're big headphones, not in their ear headphones. And I can't play it out loud because my wife's trying to sleep. Um, and I don't know that I could fall asleep to somebody talking anyway. Uh, I'm not that kind of guy, uh, but, uh, I do listen to it until I feel like I'm ready to fall asleep. And then I take off the headphones and go ahead and do that. It didn't work last night, but that was the first night all week that it hadn't worked. Um, I had to get up last night and, and just kind of move around a little bit and then kind of reset myself. And then I went back to sleep, fell right, or I went back to bed and fell right asleep. So it's good stuff. Um, but she says screen, screen time is a no, no, you know, uh, having bright lights on around bedtime is a no, no, basically just relax and chill and unwind before bedtime. But, but doing stuff on the computers and, and then trying to jump into bed is big no, no. So she's right. And it, and it has helped. Um, so there we go. And, and can I say that I've had a positive, more positive experience? Am I, am I, um, experiencing anything better? Yeah. I, I would say in general, things have been better. Um, I, I let, uh, somebody down really bad, um, last Thursday before all this, um, I was supposed to go and speak about podcasting to a uh, group of older gentlemen in Illinois. And uh, I had agreed to do it. And on the Wednesday before, so the day before, I, I canceled. And it, it was terrible. And uh, I've, I did these people a disservice. I, I was their speaker for their meeting. And they didn't have a speaker for their meeting. And, you know, maybe they were able to pull something together and still make it worthwhile for them. But um, that's that's the kind of stuff that I deal with with depression is 
when I told him I would do it, I felt fine. And I 100% intended to do it. But then when the, when the moment came, for some reason, things had changed. And I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And it's like that with podcasting sometimes. And um, it's like that a lot of times with events that my church puts on, like this weekend with the Labor Day cookout. Uh, I get really anxious for some reason about all the people being there. Um, and there's a lot of drama with giving away free food because um, the people are characters. I'll just say they, they are some, you meet some interesting people who live in the inner city. And a lot of times they come with drama. A lot of times, some of them, uh, I won't say a lot of times, some some of them struggle with knowing how to be grateful or thankful. They 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 kind of expect the handout kind of deal. Many of them, a million times, we heard thank yous and and uh, man, even some people. I don't know how they did it, but they even contributed and donated money, um, just a few bucks here and there, you know. But but it was so awesome. Um, but usually these events stress me out so bad that what I did on the last one is I just went to the open to the beginning and I helped set up, uh, which is the hard work. And then I went home during the event, which was where they pass out the food and have the games and the music and and kind of the chaotic time. That's that's what that is. It's the chaotic time for me. It's a chaotic time. And then I come back after it's over and I help clean up and I use my truck to pull the grill back to David's house and stuff like that. Um, that's how I've been handling it so that I can do what I can. Cause that's well, you guys have heard me say when I can, I do it. So when I can't, you know, why, you know, you know, it's the depression. It's not that I'm being lazy. It's not that I'm trying to get out of work. It's just, I, I can't handle some things. Well, this past weekend, uh, I was able to handle the whole thing. I, there was a point right after the food service part started, when the people started showing up, I got real anxious and I went and sat in the car and my intention was to go home, but I sat there and I, um, I, I listened to Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, the adventures of Sherlock Holmes. And I waited and I sat in the air conditioning for a little bit because it was nice and hot outside. And I chilled literally and figuratively. And uh, I eventually went back out there and I stood at that table. And my job was to help relay messages from the people who were serving. Like, hey, we're, we're, we're low on hamburgers. Can you go and tell the cook to bring more over? Um, I also became the guy that caught all of the things that were flying off the table, like uh, empty hamburger bun wrappers and things like that, as, as those needed to be taken to the trash. I was the person that did that. And I think it was good for my kids to see me working because they're there and they're serving and they're on the front line. Um, and, and it was good. It was a good thing. And this is something that I've never been able to do before. So, uh, I don't know. Was it, was it because of the therapy? 
maybe so. Probably. Um, I, I still am eager. Well, I'm not eager, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm anxiously looking forward to a time where I get really down and will I have the energy to do these things, to go on that walk, to sit in front of that light, to listen to the, I am statements to, you know, relax before bedtime instead of, um, hiding or distracting myself. Cause that's why I, I stay on the devices until bedtime. It's because, uh, I, I have bad thoughts and I have, um, sad thoughts and I want to escape from them. And, and I have sad feelings and when I'm distracted, I don't feel them for the, for that length of time. That's why I enjoy uh, watching a good TV series or listening to a good book on TV on on tape just dated myself but anyway i stayed for the labor day cookout that's the whole point there so how am i how am i doing how am i feeling i'm feeling a bit better um i'm still anxious it doesn't seem to affect my anxiety very much the the new habits uh but i've i've only been to one therapy session and i haven't yet gone to my new doctor that's actually actually will be happening this week, so look forward to an update, an exciting update about my new crazy doctor uh, next week. I'll tell you how that's going. But um, but yeah, I mean, I've seen some positive stuff already, and I have been getting up earlier in the morning, um, as early as eight thirty yesterday morning. And, and it's generally been about 10 to 10.30 every day uh, since I'm getting to sleep earlier. So that's a bonus. And, and I'm staying up all day, which is, you know, good. Uh, all right, so what did we do this week? This week was a busy weekend, uh, Labor Day weekend. We took the kids um, to a ropes course. And I don't know if you've ever heard of what they are, but they're weird. They're, they're these things and the kids get strapped in with a harness and then they get tied to a metal track, uh, that has a, has a roller in it and they move around. You've probably seen them, but just in case there's somebody that doesn't know what a ropes course is. I, when I first heard what a ropes course was, I thought it was uh, uh, they said it was a team building exercise. And so I imagined a whole team going out and getting tied together and having to go through a obstacle course all tied together, you know, and, and having to move as a unit without leaving anyone behind. That's what I thought a ropes course was, but it's totally different than that. And this one is in the union station uh, area downtown in uh, St. Louis. And it's on the second floor and uh, it, it extends up to what would be a third floor. So the, the actual thing is three levels high. And, uh, you know, you clip your, your, your little lead uh, harness into this track. And the track leads you around um, basically a big jungle gym with different platforms that you can walk on. Some of them are like uh, rope bridges. 
Uh, some of them are, are like swinging bridges with, you know, wooden planks that are spread far apart. And it's supposed to be, you know, uh, exhilarating. And, uh, I, I will tell you that my wife went up there. My son went up there. My daughter went up there. Her friend went up there and I did not go up there because I don't like heights. And there is not one redeeming thing about a ropes course that would ever tempt me to go. What are you, I'm going up there, and I'm going to feel like I'm dying every minute, like I could die at any time. Oh, but James, you're tied in. You're strapped in. You wouldn't fall more than a few inches. Yeah, but those few inches is what I'd worry about. And, and plus, I'm a heavy guy. I know the weight limit is 300 pounds, but I'm pushing that at like 250, 260 I'm, there's no way I'm going to trust the, the system to hold my girth. It's not happening. So I took pictures and I looked up in the air a lot. <laughs> I was some dummy was sitting down there underneath it all, just looking up at people, uh, looking at my family. And, and I'll tell you, my daughter is a lot like me. She did it, but she was terrified um, through the whole thing. And, uh, but my wife and my son were all the way up on the third level before you could even, you know, blink your eyes. And they're doing this, uh, zip line part that goes over the, uh, it, it, it's, it has a three story drop basically underneath it. Cause it goes out beyond the second level and, uh, 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 but I took videos and I got waved at by my son who's still young enough to want to say, Hey dad, look at me. You know, I'm going to miss that. I'm going to miss that. I play, been playing a lot of Minecraft with my son. Um, you know, and I have to, I, I don't, I don't really like Minecraft. I, I'm not a big fan. I, I played it already. You know, that's the reason when he was a baby, I was playing Minecraft and I did all the things, you know, I, I built all the farms. I experimented with redstone. I went to the end and beat the ender dragon. I did all of these things and built houses and, and pixel art and buzz light ears and all kinds of stuff. And, and so I'm done. I'm kind of done with Minecraft, but he's just getting in the last month or two to where he's moved from creative into survival and he's enjoying fighting monsters instead of being scared of them. And, um, you know, all this kind of stuff. And he, we have a little server that we have uh, a free one actually from this company that provides free servers and it's a piece of crap, but it works. Um, and, and I've been playing a lot of Minecraft with Jay and I keep doing it. Um, because when's the last time he's ever wanted to do anything with me and, and how much longer do I have until he's like Jenna where Jenna's grown Jenna has friends. Jenna just needs dad to drive her places. You know, that's about it. Um, and how far do I have till Jay's done till he's not, you know, till he's on the ropes course and he's not, Hey dad, look at me. Look at me. Look how high I am. You know? So I play Minecraft with Jay. Um, so I did that this weekend too. Um, as far as podcast updates go, I didn't do a podcast last week. Doing one right now for you, and we got new coasters in, and those are things that I give out to people that 
become patrons over there on that story show. And uh, the last set of coasters that I got were really crappy. They were single use. And I didn't want that. I wanted the kind that you see on the bars at restaurants. Um, and I guess on tables too, they're, they're almost felt like, you know, like thick, thick paper and, um, they're printed and, and you can use them. You can tell they've been used more than once. And I finally found a place that does that It's stickermule.com. They started doing them and I, I got them in and they look good. They look really cool. And so my plan is to send out secretly. Don't tell anybody. Uh, 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 I want to go through my, um, my list of contributors and send them, send them a, a coaster movies and TV, uh, watch devs on Hulu. I think it was devs is dark and it's very slow, but it had Nick, Nick Offerman in it. And I really wanted to check it out. And I kind of quit watching it because it was so dang slow and I didn't care about the lead character. So, um, and I'm, and I'm, I'm kind of sick of TVMA. I'll be honest with you. I, you know, Hulu does it with their original programming. Uh, Netflix does it with their original programming. There's just not enough TV 14. Cause that's about where I'm comfortable where I find a show that's T TV 14. And that's usually about the, the, the most I want to stretch my, um, con convictions. Uh, but, but devs is, is TVMA for language and violent content. And I don't mind violent content and language uh, I'm not a fan, but it doesn't affect me. You know, it's not like I want to start swearing after I hear it kind of thing. Uh, but it, it, it does seem, un, you know, unnecessary. Um, but so far, there hasn't been any graphic content except for one episode, and you just fast forward past it. It's very grainy and, and suggestive, but there's nothing to see. But I don't know. If you like devs, let me know. If you finish it, let me know. Because I would like to know what it was about. But it was so dark and so um, slow that I, I ended up watching <laughs> the exact opposite. I got off devs. Uh, which is about, um, by the way, it's about this tech development firm. And they have figured out a way to see the past by some scientific means, but anyway, and the future for that matter. Um, no spoilers. That was just, that's in the first episode, but, um, I went and watched trolls world tour, which is, uh, you know, that the trolls movie that was pretty cute. I watched it because I knew there would be a lot of singing and a lot of covers of, of great pop songs in there. And I was not disappointed and it was cute. It was very cute. And uh, it was very fulfilling. We also watched, uh, it, it, we, we said, I said last time we watched Jurassic Park. So we've watched Lost World, which is Jurassic Park 2. 
And then last weekend, this this past weekend, we watched Jurassic Park three. Um, my son is on a Jurassic Park kick, so he he's decided that to be able to understand Jurassic World, uh, he's got to have gone back and watched the original Jurassic Parks. And I'm always a fan of going back and watching old movies with them. So uh, it's that was been very cool. Uh, as far as any made my days MMDs. Um, I need to be better at tracking these. I could probably start Made My Day again, and it would probably be a very good idea. But um, I'll tell you one from yesterday, and it's just very simple. Is my wife was having a really bad day, and she told me later that it was so bad that she wanted to get in the car and just drive, you know, just, just to get away for a minute. But instead, she said she came and talked to me. And I, I helped her through it and she, um, you know, she talked it out with me and, and it wasn't about me. Thankfully I wasn't in trouble or anything. Uh, but that meant a lot. And it, it and it's also one of my hangups too, is people leaving. Cause my mom used to do that when I was a kid, she'd get mad and my stepdad and she would get in the car and leave. And I would always be terrified that she was going to be so upset and, and drive crazy or have tears in her eyes and not be able to see. And she was going to crash and, and die in a car accident. So that's what I thought when I was a kid. And so, you know, Jen leaving like that would have been very bad for me. And um, so I appreciated it on a personal level, but also just on a marriage level that, that she came to me and talked to me and she shared what was going on and we worked through it. And, um, it was a good thing. It was a very good thing. And I, I'm glad, you know, it builds my self-esteem that is screwed up as I think I am. I'm still of use to somebody. So that's good. Um, I got some feedback from last week, last week's, uh, episode. So I would like to read some of it. Uh, one of them was a voicemail, and it was a very good one. It was by Peter Chapman, and um, it was more private, you know, just for my ears only kind of thing. But he said a lot of good things, and I just wanted to thank him for sending that to me. Uh, but Jonathan in Indianapolis says, I wanted to let you know that your act of bravery by being vulnerable and podcasting your life means a lot to me. I'm sorry you have depression. I wish I could do something to help. Don't we all? I wish we could too. Uh, I want this message to be an encouragement to you. You you make me laugh on that story show a lot. You are funny and fun and real. And that's what I like the most. You are a real guy telling it like it is. You aren't perfect. Probably not even good. <laughs> that's true. I'm probably not even good. Neither am I. We are brothers in Christ and that's all that really matters. I love you, James. I've prayed for you. God be with you. Onward and upward, Jonathan in Indianapolis. And I appreciate that. Appreciate that a lot. Because if there's anything I need, it is prayer. It is, uh, it is a lot of people trying to get on God's nerves uh, about me. <laughs> and if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the, the, the parable of the old lady going to the judge, the unjust judge, and, and crying every day, please please, you know, justice for my situation. And, and the judge says, okay, finally, you know, not because I'm a good judge or a good person, but because I'm just sick of hearing about you, I will finally 
you know, hear your case. And that's the way God wants us to be about the things we need is just bugging him. So if you, if you compound that by getting a lot of people bugging God about the same thing, that's like a ton of old ladies in, in the courtroom, all yelling about the same thing at the same time. That, that seems like it would get his attention and get on his nerves even more. So yes, please get on God's nerves on my behalf. I would appreciate it. So Landon boss says, hi, James. I just listened to your most recent GOK. And I was thinking about what you said about Christianity. When you said believing isn't enough, you have to obey as well. Did you mean that they go hand in hand as when you truly believe in something you would obey because you know that that is right? Landon Baugh. Well, I'm not exactly sure what you're asking, but I can explain what I meant by that is, is basically that, uh, that believing without works, faith without works is dead. I mean, that's what the Bible says. And another way to say that is believing without having it come out in your life through actions and attitudes means you, what do you really believe in? I had this conversation with my daughter the other day because somebody asked her uh, in one of her religion classes, what's the difference between uh, something you know and something you believe? And I told her that you believe in God until you have an experience with him and then you know God. And so that's the way I would say it is with us too, is you can have a belief that it is good to give to people that are in need. But then when you actually do it, that belief is evident in your life and in its obedience to that belief that makes it more than a belief. It makes it uh, something that you live by. And um, just like faith and trust are a different thing. Like I can believe and have faith that a chair is going to hold me up, but until I sit in it and verify it, I don't know. And I don't trust it. I can't trust it completely. And that's why faith is substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. And there comes a point with God even that you believe and you hope but you haven't experienced, you know, that thing that you're hoping for. But once you do, you move past faith in God into trust because you just know. And some people are really good and they can just trust from the beginning. Um, and I'd, I, would like, I would like to shake those people's hands. But uh, most of us go through faith first, believing that God can and then when God does, we experience the trust and we, we know he can do it again if he wants to. So I don't know, Landon, I hope that answers your question there, buddy. But uh, again, I want to thank, as we come to a close, I want to thank Carrie Wright and Carrie Bernhardt, our top patron supporters. You can support this program if you want to on Patreon, patreon.com slash GOK. I would appreciate it. It helps a lot. Helps support me. Keeps me talking on this microphone. And uh, it helps my family out and stuff like that. So uh, we will talk to you next time. Thank you for listening. And uh, God bless.